Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Aminder. I'm Alex, and I'll be your host for today's episode. In this episode, we'll continue looking at papers published in September 2020 within the category of treatment and testing. This is the second half of a two-part series of episodes focused on multiple targets and gene therapy for Alzheimer's disease. If you haven't listened yet, make sure to check out part one of this series, where we went over papers covering compounds used in multi-targeted approaches to AD therapy. Now, in recent years, with greater understanding of the pathogenesis of Alzheimer's disease and greater development of pharmacological therapies, a multi-target approach to AD treatment has attracted much interest in the field. Multi-target approaches involve targeting various different pathways involved in disease rather than just one, with the hope of more effectively targeting disease progression. We'll also take a look at work that focuses on gene therapy strategies for AD treatment. Stay tuned. Welcome to Aminder, a podcast where we summarize the latest publications on Alzheimer's disease for you, so you can spend more time doing awesome research. For every month, you'll find a series of episodes by theme, and each comes with a bibliography. Whether you're in the lab, on the bus, or cooking your meal, we hope you find this podcast useful and accessible. Okay, we have 14 papers to go through today. If any of the abstracts I'll be summarizing interest you, be sure to check out our bibliography for this episode after listening. You can find it by checking out the episode notes. We'll take a short break about halfway through the episode in case you need to stretch your legs or grab a quick drink or a snack. In today's episode, we'll cover research on multi-target AD strategies at the molecular level. We'll see studies focused on design and synthesis of new multi-target therapeutic molecules and their neuroprotective cellular mechanisms. Our very last paper is unlike the rest and uses gene therapy to target AD, so it's in its own separate category. Let's take a look at the first paper in this category, written by first author Wang, last author Li, from the European Journal of Medical Chemistry. The title of this work is Design and Synthesis of 3,4-Pyridyl-5,4-Sulfamidophenyl-1,2,4-Oxodizole Derivatives as Novel GSK3-Beta Inhibitors and evaluation of their potential as multifunctional anti-Alzheimer's agents. Targeting multiple pathways of a disease is advantageous for complex illnesses, including AD. In this study, several new oxidizole derivatives were designed and synthesized using a multi-target directed ligand-based strategy. Compounds were analyzed for glycogen synthase kinase 3-beta or GSK3-beta inhibition, anti-neuroinflammatory, and neuroprotective activities. Since abnormal glucose metabolism is involved in AD, the authors studied the effects of all compounds on glucose consumption. They found various effects among the different compounds, and I'll just touch upon a few of these. For a full description, please see the full paper. A number of these effects were potent GSK3-beta inhibition, reduced A-beta-induced tau hyperphosphorylation, and ROS inhibition. One compound in particular, compound 10B, demonstrated the most promise as an anti-AD agent, and the authors think this deserves further study as a multifunctional lead compound. Next up, we have our second paper, written by first author Yao, last author Chen, from the Cell Reports Journal. The title of this paper is Limiting RYR2 Open Time Prevents Alzheimer's Disease-Related Neuronal Hyperactivity and Memory Loss, but Not Beta Amyloid Accumulation. One of the earliest dysfunctions seen in AD is neuronal hyperactivity, However, therapies targeting this hyperactivity are lacking. Here, researchers use a new form of ranodyne receptor to RYR2 control of neuronal hyperactivity in AD. A single-point mutation that reduces receptor open time 
E4872Q, prevented hyperactivity, memory impairment, neuronal cell death, and dendritic spine loss in the studied AD mouse model. The EQ mutation upregulated a regulator of neuronal excitability, which is typically downregulated in AD, the cell A-type potassium current. Based on these results, the authors conclude that limiting RYR2 open time could be a hyperactivity-directed anti-AD therapy strategy. Now let's turn to our third paper, which looks at protein overexpression. This paper comes from the Aging Cell Journal by first author Zhao, last author Du, and is titled, Clotho Overexpression Improves Amyloid Beta Clearance and Cognition in the APP-PS1 Mouse Model of Alzheimer's Disease. Recent studies in AD mice suggest that clotho protein protects against cognitive decline and plaque burden in AD, but it's unclear how. The authors here aim to ascertain the effects of clotho overexpression on cognitive function, amyloid beta transport and pathology, and microglial phenotype. To do this, they intracerebrally injected a lentivirus containing the cDNA of ethyl mouse clotho into APPPS1 mice to overexpress clotho in the brain's lateral ventricle. They also assessed the effects of clotho knockdown in primary human choroid plexus epithelial cells. They found that increased clotho brain and serum levels correlated with reduced amyloid beta burden, neuronal loss, and synaptotoxicity, and cognitive deficits in the APPPS1 mice. Clotho overexpression promoted microglial transformation from the M1 to the M2 phenotype, inhibiting inflammasome protein NLRP3 activation by amyloid beta and enhancing the phagocytosis of amyloid beta. Clotho overexpression also normalized dysregulated amyloid beta transporter expression, increasing amyloid beta transport from the brain and CSF to the blood. Clotho knockdown prevented amyloid beta efflux from the CSF in primary human choroid plexus epithelial cell cultures. The authors conclude that clotho should be explored further to target AD. I find our fourth paper very interesting, as it focuses on using extracellular vesicles to target the brain. This paper is titled, ADSC-derived extracellular vesicles alleviate neuronal damage, promote neurogenesis, and rescue memory loss in mice with Alzheimer's disease. This paper comes from the Journal of Controlled Release by first author Ma, last author Gao. Neuronal damage and synaptic dysfunction are two main players involved in the onset of cognitive impairments typically seen in AD. And it's been suggested that neurogenesis and neuroprotection could rescue these cognitive deficits. In the current study, researchers showed that extracellular vesicles, or EVs, secreted from adipose-derived mesenchymal stem cells can enter the brain following intranasal administration, and once inside the nervous system, can cause neuroprotection and neurogenesis. Upregulation of genes involved in neuroprotection and neurogenesis were also seen after EV treatment using neuronal RNA sequencing. The researchers found that these EVs exerted neuroprotection on amyloid beta or glutamate-induced neuronal toxicity, ameliorated neurological damage in whole brain areas, and increased neuronal synthesis and rescued memory deficits in APP-PS1 transgenic mice. The authors also found that EVs inhibited A-beta deposition and microglial activation. They conclude that ADSC-derived EVs may provide an alternative AD therapeutic strategy by targeting neuronal damage and promoting neurogenesis. The fifth paper in this episode also uses the APP-PS1 AD mouse model, and the title of this work is RP1, a rage antagonist peptide, can improve memory impairments and reduce A-beta plaque load in the APP-PS1 mouse model of Alzheimer's disease. The first author is Wong, last author Zhang, from the Neuropharmacology Journal. A cell surface receptor for advanced glycation end products, known as RAGE, is involved in A-beta production and accumulation. The neuroprotective effects of RP1, 
a peptide antagonist of RAGE on an 80-cell model have been previously shown, but in vivo effects are still inconclusive. Here, RP1 was intranasally delivered to APP-PS1 mice and improved memory deficits and decreased amyloid precursor protein and beta-secretase expression. Using RNA sequencing, several differentially expressed genes, or DEGs, in RAGE downstream signaling pathways were downregulated in the mice after RP1 delivery. Overall, the authors suggest that RP1 can improve AD symptoms of APP-PS1 mice and requires further investigation. Sixth in this episode is a paper written by first author Sever, last author Betamer, from the International Journal of Biological Macromolecules. The title of the work is Thiazolylpyrazoline Derivatives, In Vitro and In Silico Evaluation as Potential Acetylcholinesterase and Carbonic Anhydrase Inhibitors. In vitro and in silico evaluation as potential acetylcholinesterase and carbonic anhydrase inhibitors. Acetylcholinesterase inhibitors are one of the mainstay AD treatment strategies currently used in a clinical setting. It's been recently demonstrated that human carbonic anhydrases, or HCAs, also serve as important targets for AD treatment. To try and identify dual acetylcholinesterase and HCA inhibitors, neothiazolylpyrazolines were designed using molecular hybridization of thiazol and pyrazoline scaffolds. The synthesized derivatives were experimentally tested using in vitro and direct enzymatic assays. The compounds were also subjected to in silico screening to determine the binding affinities of potential compounds. The researchers found that in particular, compounds 3A, 3F, and 3D provided the most promising findings and significantly inhibited acetylcholinesterase, HCA1, and HCA2, respectively. Let's take a short break here in case you want to stretch your legs or grab a drink or a snack. Hey listeners, I'm here to let you know Aminder is recruiting. If you're interested in joining us, shoot us an email at aminderpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Welcome back. Let's take a look at the seventh paper in this episode, which uses an antibody fragment to target AD. This is written by first author Rhoda, last author Villegas, from the International Journal of Molecular Sciences. Their work is titled, Both Amyloid Beta Peptide and Tau Protein are affected by an anti-amyloid beta antibody fragment in elderly 3XTG80 mice. The amyloid hypothesis states that early accumulation of A-beta peptide leads to tau phosphorylation, synaptic dysfunction, and neuronal death that all ultimately cause cognitive impairment. SCFV-H3D6, which I'll refer to as SCFV, is a single-chain variable antibody fragment that has previously been shown to decrease amyloid burden in 5-month-old 3XTG80 mice. However, this early stage of disease in this mouse model, tau pathology, is not evident. In this study, SCFV's effects on A-beta and tau were studied in 22-month-old 3XTG80 mice. The researchers found that treatment with SCFV actually reduced A-beta staining and tau levels in these mice. Also, pro-inflammation in these mice was inhibited after SCFV treatment. Based on the author's data, treatment with SCFV H3D6 reduced AD-like pathology in 3XTG80 female mice and should be studied further within the context of developing new AD therapeutics. Our eighth paper comes from first author Semwal, last author Garabadu, from the Neuromolecular Medicine Journal. The title of this paper is 5-N-ethyl-carboxamido-adenosine stimulates adenosine-2B receptor-mediated mitogen-activated protein kinase pathway to improve brain mitochondrial function in amyloid beta-induced cognitive deficit mice. 
5-N-ethyl-carboxamido-adenosine, or NECA, an agonist of adenosine 2B receptor, has been previously shown to exert neuroprotection. Based on previous studies, NECA seems to exert its effects by activating mitogen-activated protein kinase, or MAPK, and reducing mitochondrial toxicity. The current study looked at NECA's neuroprotective activity with or without a MAPK inhibitor on A-beta-induced cognitive deficits and mitochondrial toxicity in rodents. NECA decreased A-beta-induced cognitive impairments in these rodents and lowered A-beta accumulation and cholinergic dysfunction in the hippocampus, prefrontal cortex, and amygdala. NECA also reduced A-beta-induced mitochondrial toxicity. MAPK inhibitor diminished these therapeutic effects in the AD mice. And so, the authors hypothesized that NECA exhibits neuroprotective activity potentially via MAPK activation, and therefore A2B-mediated MAPK activation could be a potential target for AD therapies. Our ninth paper discusses the synthesis of potential anti-AD structures and comes from the Arch Farm Journal. The first author is Maud Fodzi, last author Yamin. The title of this work is In Silico Studies, Nitric Oxide and Cholinesterase Inhibition Activities of Pyrazole and Pyrazoline Analogues of Diaryl Pentanoids. In this study, a new series of pyrazole, phenylpyrazole, and pyrazoline analogues of diaryl pentanoids were synthesized. Analogues were evaluated for anti-inflammatory effects via suppression of nitric oxide and inhibition of acetylcholinesterase and butyryl cholinesterase. The most potent nitric oxide inhibitor was one called analog 4C, followed by 4E, when compared with curcumin, a known nitric oxide inhibitor. Pyrazole 3A and pyrazoline 5A were effective cholinesterase inhibitors, selective for butyryl cholinesterase. Overall, these results show that these pyrazole and pyrazoline compounds are potential therapeutic agents against ED and should be studied more in the future. In the 10th paper, we'll be looking at another molecular synthesis study. This paper is written by first author Gupta, last author Yadav, from the ACS Chemical Neuroscience Journal. The title of their work is Novel Benzylated Pyrrolidin 2-Own or Imidazolidine 2-Own Derivatives as Potential Anti-Alzheimer's Agents, Synthesis and Pharmacological Investigations. Here, N-benzylated derivatives were synthesized and studied for anti-AD activity. These various analogs were designed and created using the compound donapazil as a structural base, a common AD drug used for symptom management. The researchers replaced the 5,6-dimethoxy-1-indenone moiety of donapazil with N-benzylated pyrolidine-2-ON or amidazolidine-2-ON to create the new derivatives. The synthesized compounds were then characterized based on structural conformity and purity, and they were studied using in vivo and in vitro testing. Interestingly enough, a number of these compounds displayed anti-AD effects, as the researchers hoped. Further research is needed to determine whether these compounds are clinically relevant. The 11th paper in this episode comes from the Molecules Journal, and is written by first author Tran, last author Lee. The title of this paper is Synthesis in Silico and In Vitro Evaluation of Some Flavone Derivatives for Acetylcholinesterase and Base 1 Inhibitory Activity. Acetylcholinesterase and base 1 are typical targets for AD therapeutic strategies. Flavones are flavonoid derivatives that demonstrate bioactive properties, including acetylcholinesterase and base 1 inhibition. In the current work, 14 flavone derivatives were created, six of which had completely new structures. Following synthesis, inhibition of acetylcholinesterase in base 1 was tested for all 14 derivatives. Three compounds demonstrated the greatest inhibition of both targets and a molecular docking investigation was done to explain these findings. These three compounds could be used in future studies to uncover other new structures that can dually inhibit acetylcholinesterase in base 1, 
according to the authors. Next up is the twelfth paper we'll be discussing, titled New Multi-Target Directed Benzimidazole 2-Thiol-Based Heterocycles as Prospective Anti-Radical and Anti-Alzheimer's Agents. This paper comes from the Drug Development Research Journal and is written by first author Latif, last author Ali. Heterocycles are ring structures that most commonly contain either nitrogen, oxygen, or sulfur heteroatoms. A series of new heterocyclic compounds were created by modifying benzimidazole-2-thiol, DT2-MBI. Compound structures were validated using high-resolution mass spectrometry, HRMS, and one HNMR spectroscopy. Several compounds demonstrated high oxidant inhibition. Anti-AD activity was determined in vitro against cholinesterase enzymes. One compound significantly inhibited cholinesterase compared to galantamine, a typical acetylcholinesterase inhibitor. Also, another compound was found to inhibit butyral cholinesterase. Taken together, the authors state that several of these synthesized compounds displayed promising effects as potential anti-AD agents. Our 13th paper comes from the Free Radical Biology and Medicine Journal and is written by first author Lee, last author Ho. The title of their work is The novel DYRK1A inhibitor KVN93 regulates cognitive function, amyloid beta pathology, and neuroinflammation. KVN93 is an inhibitor of dual-specificity tyrosine phosphorylation-regulated kinase 1A, or DYRK1A. In this study, the effects of KVN93 on cognitive function and A-beta plaques were studied using a mouse model of AD. It was found that KVN93 treatment improved long-term memory by enhancing dendritic synaptic function and reduced A-beta plaque levels by regulating certain A-beta degradation enzymes. KVN-treated mice also showed decreased A-beta-induced microglial and astrocyte activation. Taken together, these data suggest that the novel DYRK1A inhibitor, KVN93, shows promise as a possible therapeutic drug for AD progression. And we've made it to the final paper in this episode, which is focused on gene therapy as an approach for AD treatment. First author is Aurora, last author Singh, from the Molecular Pharmaceutics Journal. The title of this paper is Design and Validation of Liposomal ApoE2 Gene Delivery System to Evade Blood-Brain Barrier for Effective Treatment of Alzheimer's Disease. Gene-based therapeutics targeting the central nerve system are of high interest for the treatment of AD. It's known that apolipoprotein E, or ApoE, isoforms, are critically involved in toxin clearance in the brain, and different gene variants are associated with different risk factors for AD development. For example, ApoE2 isoform is preventative, while ApoE4 is a risk factor for AD. In this paper, the authors were able to deliver ApoE2 encoding plasmid DNA, or PAPOE2, to the brain using glucose transporter 1, or GLUT1, targeted liposomes. Liposomes were functionalized with a GLUT1 targeting ligand mannose, or MAN, for brain targeting, and a cell penetrating peptide, or CPP, for cellular internalization. Several liposomes were functionalized with not only one, but two CPPs, and it was these duly functionalized liposomes that showed the highest ApoE2 expression. Overall, these data suggest how modification of liposomes has the potential to enhance delivery of PAPOE2 gene to the brain for AD treatment. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, each episode comes with a bibliography, which you can get by signing up for our mailing list. For more details, please check out the episode notes after listening. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're curious to learn more about treatment development, check out some of our other episodes on this topic already out, including our episode on targeting synaptic transmission and neurotransmitters, hosted by Anusha. 
Soon we'll also hear from Nalia on non-pharmacological approaches to treatment development and from Marcia on targeting amyloid beta aggregation in future episodes coming out shortly. Are you curious about being a part of Aminder? Send us an email with your CV and let us know what you'd want to do as part of the team. No experience is required, just an interest and enthusiasm for SciComm. Thanks to Ellen and Jax for sorting the papers in this episode and to the team for making this episode possible. Music credits go to Anusha Kamesh. You can find her on SoundCloud or on YouTube under AQ Music. We hope you find this podcast useful. As always, our main goal at Aminder is to bring value to the scientific community by helping researchers stay up to date on the latest developments in neuroscience research in a useful and accessible format. We hope to have you back here soon. Bye for now.